0: My purpose as an entrepreneur is to inspire everyone around me who comes in contact with me to be the best person they can possibly be for themselves and, and having them think bigger. Thanks for tuning in to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where purpose drives our actions and our actions are a result of our purpose. When you have a strong enough purpose, every action you take in life has meaning and power to it. Every entrepreneur is on a journey to fulfill their purpose, and the world needs to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. All right, today we have Aaron Charles. He's a real estate investor and motivational speaker who practices exactly what he preaches. Aaron is a true example of what it means to live the grind. Aaron, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. So, Let's start from the beginnings man the beginnings of Aaron Charles. You're originally from Trinidad, right? Yes. And where did you were you born there? Yes, I was born there. And you came over to Canada when? I came over to Canada in probably 92, 93. I was, I was about 6 years old okay when I came over. And how was that experience for you like you remember it like coming to a new country? Um because I was so young, I was, it was easy for me to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I came over f- with my, my, my dad and my brother. Um, yeah, it was definitely different, um, environment wise. Um, th- I'd never seen snow before. <laughs> um, it was cold. Um, but it was pretty cool. I, I, enjoyed it. I got to do many different activities, skating, tobogganing, um, play basketball, hockey, um, seen so many different races of people. It was, it was a very, different experience um but you're open to it at that age oh yeah definitely open to it and i didn't have much say at the the end of the day too Mm -hmm. it was my parents decision so yeah um i was only six years old yeah if i was coming at 18 um maybe i would have stayed back yeah i've been used to that lifestyle but at the end of the day i'm very grateful that i made the move over to canada Mm -hmm. and i always tell my parents this is it's like I really appreciate being in Canada and not only in Canada, Toronto, just for the simple fact that it's just a safe um, country, lots of opportunities. Um, it's always growing. You're always learning, you know, being from a small Island, it's always it's the same pace. You know, even when I go back, there, it's the same people living in the same house, staying in the same area, doing the same thing, not much growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, Knowing who I am today, I love change and I love growth. And I don't know if it's because I've grew up here and I've learned that skill here or it's just who I am from, from birth, but I'm definitely one to always be changing. Um, so this environment, which is Toronto, Canada really makes, brings the best out of me mm-hmm. at all times. Do you think, um, you know, coming from Trinidad, that, that one change, I was probably the first big change in your life. Do you think that sparked? You know, the growth mindset that you have right now. Um, It's funny that you say that. Um, I always say to my friends who are from here um, that I, even though I came from a disadvantage, I'm at an advantage because I had to get up and make a big change and shift. Uh, Most people who are born into this environment, they're very privileged and they're comfortable right out the gate. Um, I grew up, I wouldn't say with poverty because my dad was like middle class considerable in Trinidad, I guess. Um, but, um, you know, we still lived the Island life, you know, Mm. we lived in the countryside. Um, I I had chickens and goats and mango trees and banana trees and just a different life. Um, you know, things weren't easy, you know, it went through water being cut off, electricity being cut off. And, you know, you're from African, African yeah. descent. Yeah. So you understand, even though you're doing well or whatever, you're still going to go through the, the hardships that the country is going through. Absolutely. Um, I've been through a coup where they try to over, overturn the government. Wow. Um, you know, I've seen some violence. Um, but overall, I didn't have a bad life in Trinidad. I had a, a decent life. Um, but, coming to Canada now and seeing how comfortable and all the kids were about video games and candy and just certain things. There's just, I felt like I was always a little bit ahead mm-hmm. in terms of my exposure to the world. Um, and I've seen how bad the world can be at certain times. So I always had it in my mind not to be too relaxed, always stay alert. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> I have a very, um, Aware personality, meaning like I'm always aware of what's happening, what's going on around me. Um, I just always want to know what's going on at all times. And I'm always open to adapting. Um, adapting is very important. Um, I feel a lot of people, they shy away from adapting. They just go into their their comfort zone of this is who I am and this is what I want to be. Instead of my mindset is like, okay, this is who I am, but the world is changing. Who I am today, would it conform or would it fit into the way the world's moving? And if not, I pivot. I don't, it doesn't have to be a major pivot, mm-hmm. but it has to be some sort of pivot so you, you're not being left behind. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm always very aware of the changes that are happening around me at all times. It's very important. Okay. So when you went to high school, mm-hmm. you know, being, you know, high school, they always try and put you in this box, I mm-hmm. feel like, right? Take these courses, you know, your goal is to go to college, your goal is to go to university. Right. Um, you're, you're put in a box almost. I, I'm going to assume that, that you didn't like that during your high school times. Oh man. High school, high school was one of the hardest times of my life and one of, one of the best times of my life as well. Um, most people don't really know this story, but like, Okay, so from I'll, I'll take it back just a little bit. So from like great s- elementary school, my parents had a a nice iron grip on me. My dad was military background, um, law enforcement background. Um, I had he remarried because my parents divorced. That's why we came here. Mm-hmm. He remarried. I had a stepmom. She was a stay at home. So at all times, I always had. The family law, I will call it, mm-hmm. always being imposed on me, which was go to school, get good grades. Um, I was never allowed to hang out. I was always that kid who had to go home by like 4 o'clock. As soon as the bell, I had to be home. Um, strict, very strict. Weekends were library. I had to read like five, six books within the month. Um, so I always did well in school because my parents were always on me. I wouldn't say I was a, I was, I was the smartest kid. I was just in a system in my, at home that I had to perform well. Like, for example, Sunday, like my dad on Fridays will give me spelling words that I have to know by Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if not, then we get punished. Jeez. Yeah. Never had video games. My dad never, ever allowed us to have video games. I think I got a Game Boy, like, Maybe grade seven, a Game Boy, but I never had Super Nintendo. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No game, no video games. We weren't really, old. we would never watched TV during the week. And, um, we were allowed a couple of hours on a Saturday. And then Sunday was get ready back for school. So that was, that was the life I had. Um, that all the way up to like grade eight, grade nine came and there's a little bit more freedom, you know, mm-hmm. you got you on lockers, you got you on schedule, you're rolling around to school. So you almost feel like a little adult, right? um i was a very good athlete i was on every team basketball team captain of the basketball team which high school was this york memorial at the time captain of the basketball team um i was city champion metro champion um i went to office for track and field so i ran the two and the four i used to train at york university for tracks and from grade six all the way to grade nine had a personal coach i was on the track team um I was having scouts already looking at me. I used to run big times. Jeez. Um, I love track and field. I love basketball. Those are my two excelling sports. Um, so I, then I went to Offsa, and then I got into a little incident in Offsa because I was the only student from my school. Me and another girl who did high jump to go to Offsa, and then if you remember what I just told you, my parents had an iron fist on me. So I, I got a taste of freedom yeah <laughs> so you're an officer, you're in a hotel, you're at other schools, you're mingling, you know they they set a curfew on me um everybody, and you know I was just having way too much fun. I stayed outside my curfew. I was supposed to run the finals that day, but then, um, the coach who was responsible for me told me that's it, you're done. you missed your curfew um and, and i- I wanna see that coach because. I, <laughs> I wanna I wanna talk to him about that because even though I missed my curfew, the punishment was too harsh. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, and I'm gonna continue the story. He had some against you. Or no, something. he didn't have anything against me because he didn't really know me. I just feel like out of his frustration of not finding me, he just took it a, a little too hard on me. You know, not understanding. You know, I'm a 14 year old, 13 year old kid, super talented, cocky. I'm at offset by myself, only guy in the school. I'm, w- I'm meeting new friends. I lost track of time. You, but well, you stripped me from running my finals race. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyways, and this story is very important because this story changed my whole life. And I tell this to certain people. Then he stripped me. So I couldn't run OFSA. So I come back now. This uh, offsa is for track and field at the end of the year. So the next school year, which is grade 10, um, I came into school, they called me down to the office and they're like, Oh, cause of you, cause of your incident at officer, mind you is missing my curfew, by like an hour, you were banning you from all sports for the whole year. That's crazy. And they, and they took away athlete of the year from me as well. But what you got to understand is my parents were so strict. Not in a bad way. They're just Caribbean people. They wanted me to do well. They didn't want me to get caught up. I get it. Sports was my outlet. That was the only place I can get away and have fun. And it's like, I just felt free. And they stripped me from that. Oh my gosh. That was like the worst decision they could ever do. And this is where the story starts of high school. Grade 10, they stripped me from all sports. And I pretty much like became like a rebellious child. Like the worst person you'll ever meet was me. Like I went from an eighty average to like a twenty average in like three months. Crazy. Skipped school every day. Got kicked out of school in grade ten and had to bounce around to like three different high schools. What you understand is I was a great student. I was a great athlete. I had a huge promise and these adults who were supposed to be like my I don't know, supervisors, role or models, role models, whatever. Took the one thing that I love so much away from me that it made me spiral out of control. Like I started smoking weed, drinking forties with my friends, just hanging out with the bad worst crowd, not going to school. Like I was like I had like zero credits in grade ten. Zero credits in grade ten. And then that caused my dad to kick me out of the house, cause obviously like now I'm just the worst person ever. Yeah. So my dad kicked me out of the house and then I, um, had to go live in a group home downtown on the Danforth the, the Danforth of Woodycrest there's a group home down there. So I was living with like, um, kids that were supposed to be in juvenile detention, but they gave them open custody, meaning you're not in jail, but you're in this group home because they don't want to keep the kids in jail and all that stuff. So I was, I'm, I'm a good kid, strong athlete living with criminals. Pretty yeah. much. So now my roommates are criminals. I'm hearing criminal activity. I'm hearing their schemes and all these things, you know. Um couple of them, you know, throughout life got shot, got killed. Um anyway, so that 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 bad behavior started going on start going on. Um so I had to start looking for like jobs, like dishwashers and just things to keep afloat, you know, cause Ew. I'm supporting myself now. Your, your mind was just, okay, I just got to stay Survival mode. Yeah. So I'm in survival mode at like 15 years old, survival yeah. mode. So all my friends are, you know, they're going to school. I'll show up to their high schools there and I just kick it it with them at lunchtime. And then they're going to classes and I'm just, I'm just doing my thing. Um, and then grade 11 came around, same behavior. I was probably on my fourth high school at that time, jumped, jumped in and out of adult school because adult school, they were giving you like 12 credits to help you catch up. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So I went through that. And then, then I'm starting to get myself back on track a little bit. I was kind of like, okay, this behave, this added this, this lifestyle is like, it's not who I am. You, you can always, if you tap in deep enough to who you are, you'll always come back. To who you, who you really need to be. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to feel a little different. Like, okay, you know, I'm not really a big pothead smoker. I don't even like smoking weed. I don't even like drinking. I like still love playing ball. I still w- go to community center, play ball, but I was just kind of like depressed. You know, I was like, like it took a one, took away the one thing I love so much. And I, I always say to this day, like, I just wish I could see how that turned out. You know what I mean? Cause even when people see Andre Degrassi and these guys running or, Certain guys running, they all say, Eric hey, that could have been you or, you know, So that was just like lightning fast. Mm-hmm. Um But anyways, I started to get my act together in grade, end of grade 11, I caught up on some credits um, and then was going into grade 12. This is, I was at an adult school at the time, um, downtown and then, um, it's probably like 18, um, trying to finish up and then. You know, and then I end up getting my girlfriend pregnant at the time. So Mm -hmm. she's going to school in high school with with a pregnant belly and I'm there. It's just like the real, the real horror story of a teenager I went through. Um, end up having my son at 19. Um, so I finished high school late, like 20 years old. I probably finished getting all my credits 20. Mm -hmm. So college university wasn't even thought about. I, I, I never applied for college or university. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about it it was just I had one goal which was just to finish high school because I felt like if I didn't finish high school that would be a big embarrassment on my part in life um, college and university had no time to think about that I had a I had a child on the way um, and then the one then in high school something saved my life and that was um, I was coming down the stairs I was just going to go to ball practice and my friend Ryan was going to a TTC job fair for summer students and it was like for at risk youths. There was a, it was at the time I was they were calling it the Miller program. So I said, yo, are you coming to practice? Like, no, nah, I'm going to this job interview. Um you wanna come? I said, Sure, why not? Like you know, I have a kid on the way, so I, I went. It was at Mel Assmond Square, did the interview, um, crushed it. The lady's like, you know what, I really like how you you know, how you spoke, how you how were so passionate. Um, so she, she said, I'm going to put you in this pile. This is the pile to move on to the second phase. So I already knew I was getting the second interview. I don't think Ryan got the interview. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. It wasn't for him. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so I went to the second interview, killed it. The guy straight up told me going to a third interview, third interview went there, killed it. So anyways, I got into TTC summer, summer program, um, as a janitor. Um, but it was paying $18 an hour. It was good. Um, but when, when I got the job, I didn't really want it because I felt kind of like embarrassed. What are my friends going to think? Everyone's going to see you cleaning up stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cleaning up stuff. I was cleaning the subway platforms. Jeez. Scraping gum off the, the subway platforms, changing the garbage, um, working night shift. You're, you're in, um, you're in, um, lunchrooms and uh, in, in the subway tunnels where mice and rats running and all that. It's just like a whole different environment, but. That is what gave me the strength that I have today in my business because even though it wasn't what I wanted, it wasn't the highlight job. It was giving me stability. It was giving me comfort in providing for my family. My, at that time, my son was probably two, three months old. I'm 19, I'm 19, 20 years old. Um, I didn't have a car, or nothing. So I used to commute back and forth. Um, so TTC gave me that. Okay. Consistent money's coming in. Um, so from that summer program, you can now apply to get full-time position. So I applied to get full-time position because I was just like, you know, I'm not going to go to college or university. I don't have time for that. My parents ain't going to give me money to go to college or university. I don't even know what I want to study. I'm just so over it. I just want to go make money and just survive. Yeah. I'm in survival mode still. Um, so I got into TTC. I got the full-time job. I got into the janitor. Um, I'll fast tracked the story. I'm basically... You know, I met a guy in there and he said to me, you know what, Aaron, like, you know, you don't have to look sad every day coming into work. Because obviously I was 20 years old. I'm working with a bunch of 30, 40, 50 year old, 60 year old guys retiring, different stages of life, different educational background. Um, And he goes, you know what? This is the best job you can have to do what you want to do outside of this place. And I said, explain, tell me some more. He goes, you have a good job. Banks recognize that you have income. And you can go to the banks and you can apply for mortgages and loans and all that stuff. I said, Really? I didn't know what credit was. I didn't I don't even think I had a credit card at that time. Nothing. Went into the bank. They pulled my credit score. They're like, Oh, you got good credit. They gave me two credit cards and then they said you could qualify for a mortgage up to like a hundred and eighty thousand, whatever the case may be. Giving a young guy with yeah. credit without explaining to him what it is, eh? Yeah, it's crazy. Um I've always been good with saving. Mm-hmm. Um, even with TTC, I put my mind to owning my first car. I bought a $1,500 Acura Integra. Um, the TTC contract was $15,000 for the summer. I, I happened to save nine dollars to $10,000 with that. Wow. Um, so I was always good with money because I always knew that, you know, times can get tough. I've already seen it, right? Um, so I went through that process. So I one day I was going to to work and I got into a car accident. So I was off and my friend... Um, Ricky just finished doing a rich dad, poor dad course for real estate. And Ricky, he was in university at the time, University of Toronto. So I always kept some good core friends around me. Uh, he's, and he he's a very smart and ambitious individual. Um, he was pursuing real estate on the rich dad, poor dad side. So he was going out to Hamilton to test out what he's learned and stuff like that. He was going on Kijiji, looking for distressed sellers and all that stuff. So he called me and he asked me if he can borrow my rental car because, you know, I got into a car accident. So they gave me a rental car. I said, sure. What do you need it for? And he explained it to me. And I said, you know what? I'll give you the car if I can come with you. And I went out there and I saw him looking at properties, talking to tenants, property owners and all that. And I was like very inspired and very intrigued about it. So I said, you know what? Um This is inspiring. I want to do this too. Um, so he, he he explained to me what he's doing and then I just shadowed him for Two three visits. Then I went off on my own on Kijiji, um, looking for distressed sellers as well. I found a gentleman out there who was selling a property. When you say distressed sellers, what do you mean by that? Distressed sellers just meaning that, you know, like right now we're sitting in my property. I'm not really distressed. Meaning I'm, I'm, I'm calm. I'm waiting for the right buyer. A distressed seller is someone who has who's in a situation. They're maybe they're old and they're tired, divorcing, going through bankruptcy, they need to just get out. So that allows you to get the property at a, at a discount. Um, so this person was distressed. He was old. He was seventy years old. Had no mortgage on the property. Um, so I struck a deal with him. Um, I had no cash. I really only I had like five ten five to seven thousand um, dollars, but I needed about fifteen thousand just for the down payment. Um, but I still had the confidence to just put the deal together. I had a couple months to, to come up with the money. So I, I worked my, my butt off and I, I, I came up with the money. And a funny story is my friends came with me to purchase a property. Um, Carrie and Ricky at the time, my first Hamilton deal. And, um, I'm at the lawyer's office. I bring the 15,000. I'm like, yes, I got the 15,000. And he's like, Oh yeah, so you need another $7,000. I'm like, for what? He's like, closing costs. I'm like, shit. <laughs> I didn't know about closing, closing costs, land transfer tax. Um, so you, you just said, I'm going to buy this. You had no idea. No what idea. No stuff. idea. I was just inspired. I always knew about real estate. I always did my real estate a research on real estate. Um, and I had an opportunity. Um, and how I am today is I try not to pass up on opportunities. Um, I feel a lot of people, and I wrote a quote this morning that, We all have the same opportunities. It's, we just have to take massive action. Um, I'm not a special individual. Um, I hate people looking at me as a special individual. It's just that I try to capitalize on everything that's in front of me. And this, and, and the way I'm telling the story is this is my foundation. Everything that I went through in my early years is who I am today. So if you're really taking what I'm saying is, I saw an opportunity to buy real estate. Someone showed me I had what it took to get real estate. I went out there and inquired, and confirmed it. I went out there and tried to execute it. I got to ninety percent of the execution, and then a the roadblock hit me. I could have just walked away and say, "Okay, I'm not in position to buy my first property because I'm short." But then I looked around my surroundings, and I and you have to be resourceful. So the next move that I did, I said, okay, the bank just gave me a credit card, $15,000 balance. So I went and cash advanced my credit card and bought the property. You can either use a credit card to buy a TV, shoes, depreciating assets that don't make you money, or it doesn't make sense to just use the money on your credit card, even though it's high interest, to buy this piece of real estate. I know the real estate's going to go up in value. So the property I was buying was a triplex in Hamilton. I was paying 140000 but I knew the market value for it was 80000 So I already knew I already made $40,000 going into the deal because I got a $40,000 discount on it. So I could have turned it around tomorrow and sold it for 170000 and make 30000 on it. And you knew that was the market value by just looking at the properties in the area, looking right? Looking at the properties in the area, doing your research, doing your homework, all that stuff. Um. So I, it was nothing for me to cash advance my credit card, even though I was paying 15, 20% interest. I was up already up $40,000, the, and the market was going up at that time. So all those things in my life was the foundation of who Aaron Charles is today because I approach every deal the same way. Every deal I go into, I never have the money for it. I never know how I'm going to get it done. But then I start to be resourceful. Meaning I look at a property and I want to buy this property, for example. I need a $100,000 deposit. I may have that $100,000 deposit. But then I have three months to come up with the down payment and all that stuff. So I start to go to my investors. I start to raise the capital. I start to put the things in place, look around and see what I have around me to make this deal happen. And then before you know it, the deal happens. I feel like now that I look back on it in life, I feel like <clears throat> God always has a plan for you in terms of how he's going to get you to the finish line, you know? We always have an idea of how we want to get to the finish line, but God has it mapped out for you, and you have to stay on course. A lot of people jump off, jump on, jump off, and then it gets they get scattered, and they get frustrated, and they just give up. You know, going through the, what I went through in high school was like, that affected me heavily I was heavily depressed mm-hmm. um i wanted to just give up on life i just wanted to take the easy and short road um i was surrounded by a lot of guys that sold drugs were into violence were into like quick things and i never really got involved in those things you know even though i was around it i still had this burning desire to not be that person i always knew i was destined for greatness i always thought my greatness would come through the form of sports and that's what kind of hurt me for a long time because I saw a lot of athletes going to college and university that I was better than. Saw a lot of guys, you know. I always felt like I could have made it to the NBA if I, I even say to this day, like, I could have probably, I, I'm just going to put it all there. I yeah. feel like I could have, that's just who I am. Yeah. If my parents invested in me and give me the nourishment and the training and the, and the exposure, I know I could have made it to at least top top ranking for some either track or basketball mm-hmm. because I was super athletic. Um, I was passionate and I hate to lose. So I I always, and I was always the captain of every team I was on because I, I wasn't always the best, but I always found a way to bring everybody together and rally to win, you know? um, So I always brought that attitude into my life and into real estate and, Going back to where I was last, was with the, sh- the shortfall of purchasing the property. I closed the deal, and I was like, "Whoo!" That sparked something in me that, "Wow, I just defied the odds!" You know, I didn't go to college, didn't go to university. I always had this insecure feeling that. People were better than me who went to college and university, you know, like when I used to go to networking events. So I started going to networking events to meet more investors and such a, and other property owners, seminars and stuff to learn. And everyone else had these big credentials and always want to ask me what I'm doing, what I'm studying. And I'm just always. I just finished high school and I'm just here because it's, uh, I just love it. And people won't understand that they always felt that you had to be somebody to be even in the arena. Mm-hmm. You know, I and, I and it used to make me feel very insecure. And I had tattoos at the time and I used to try to cover up my tattoos and try to be these people. And it used to be very frustrating because that wasn't who I am. Right. Everything that I went through in life. Now I start to recognize and realize. My handicap that I thought was a handicap was out, was really an advantage, right? To be not institutionalized and educated through the institution was my advantage. Um, not looking like everybody else was my advantage. Um, not approaching the business like everybody else was my advantage, but I had to feel that pain and that sadness to realize that. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? It makes a hundred percent sense. Um, yeah. Cause society always wants to paint this picture and they always want to box you in. Um, that you gotta be this way. Um, you know, people even to this day call me a rebel or this and that. And I know deep down I'm not a rebel. I'm just always trying to be the truth to myself. Who am I as an individual? Am I at my happiest place? Do I, if I don't feel like wearing a suit today, I'm not going to wear a suit today. Because while I'm wearing that suit, I don't want to be uncomfortable and miserable. Mm-hmm. Why not put on something that I'm happy to be in so my mind is free and clear that I can absorb the information instead of trying to put on a show or a front for something that I really don't want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the last couple of years, I've started to dig back deep into the fundamentals of what got me to where I am and not lose myself. And that was through being unconventional. Yeah. Being unconventional is my strength. Right. Um, and that's allowed me to fly in my business. Now being Aaron Charles and not being who people want Aaron Charles to be, or comparing Aaron Charles to somebody else. I rather walk away from a deal knowing that that deal wasn't going, allowing me to be who I want to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's why I feel like a lot of people, are misunderstood like the Kanye West's and you know, some of the artistic people. And I, I say Kanye West a lot because he's a very misunderstood person. He's just trying to be who he is. He's still trying to find himself. Absolutely. Yeah. Life is a long journey. Like you're not going to know yourself. I'm 31 years old, but I, am I going to be the same person at 41? So am i going to define myself at 31. I got to still be open. I'm always going to be changing. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much my high school journey and story, but I compacted because I was forced to grow up fast, right? And if you look at me on Instagram and stuff like that, people are like, okay, this guy's in real estate, but damn, he doesn't look like anybody else I know in real estate. And the way he acts and He's not wearing a suit. suit Or what he's doing is just, it's weird. But I like it. Or I don't like it. You know, I know a lot of people don't like it, and a lot I know some people do like it, but I can only do what Aaron Charles can do, right? And a lot of people don't know, like, you are who you are, and you do what you do based on what you've been exposed to. Absolutely. And I do what I do based on what I was exposed to. I came from pain, struggle, being lost, being at the top, falling down. Having to grind my way back up, like literally, you know, you're in a nice household, getting three meals a day to getting kicked out to having one meal a day, working a $7.50 an hour job at a dishwasher, still trying to go to school in the day to finish up your high school, falling back off, go trying to, and then you throw a baby in the mix, then you fall back down. You're the lowest. You're the janitor. And then working my way out of being a janitor into a real estate investor. And then trying to build my business off of zero help. I've never, in the beginning, I had zero help. And um, what I mean by zero help was family never helped. My family discouraged me from being in real estate. They just said, stay at TDC. It's a safe job. You're lucky to be there. So I took their advice a little bit. Bought properties part-time, worked TTC, moved my way up. But then I started to be unhappy because I said, there's more I can do if I can just spread my wings and fly. Um, so I took the leap of faith and I left TTC at the age of 25. And I, At that time, I probably accumulated seven to eight properties. Um, I met a gentleman out in Hamilton who became a mentor at that time who taught me how to buy real estate um, creatively um what was his name uh joe share joe share yeah he was an older gentleman he really liked me because i was young i met him off of kijiji like i said same thing trying to i was trying to buy my second property now and he goes you know you're a young guy like i like what you're doing um i have i have hundreds of buildings i can some that i want to sell maybe i can give them to you so he was giving me like seller financing and stuff like that and really helping me and really just opening my eyes and inspiring me to the business. And I felt really good, but I still kept, but he also said, keep your job so you can keep getting mortgages and stuff like that. So I kept my job. And then when I got to that point where. So you had, sorry to cut you. had seven properties while you were at a TTC. Yeah. When I left TTC, I had like 10 properties. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was like 20, 23, 24. And they were all like cash flowing or all cash flow properties. So triplexes, duplexes, seven um, five plexus. I even renovated and flipped two houses at that time as well. I was really aggressive. That's like, crazy. Yeah, 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 I was like 24, 25 with like 10 properties, managing them all on my own, working TTC at night, doing it during the day. I, I wasn't sleeping, just going hard because that's how I am. When I'm locked in and focused, and I think it comes from my athletic background. We just get the job done, right? You see how LeBron Peace. The next day, they lose the finals. He's in the gym. He's working. Just gotta keep going, right? Um, can't, can't cry over spilled milk. You just gotta keep going. Um, I've never walked away from a deal before. i have most deals I touch, I usually close. Um, but like I said, the, the importance of talking about day one, and I'm glad that you brought it up. It's, it's your, fo- it's your foundation, right? A lot of people want to be successful in business because they see somebody else doing it or they hear about it. But you don't know that person's foundation. You don't know what what they're built from. You don't know what pain and struggle and and, and how long they're in the dark for before you, you saw them come to light. Because mm-hmm. it never just happens overnight, right? Everybody always asks me, hey, Aaron, uh, I want to pick your brain and I want you to tell me. Every-. It's like I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I don't know if if I was inspired from high school, if I was inspired from watching Free Willy. I don't know. (laughs) Inspiration comes from so many different places. A lot of people have to learn to dig deep within themselves and see what they're really built from and see what they've, see what their foundation can handle, right? That's why some people can't handle carrying debt, right? I, from the jump, I carry debt to get into real estate through the mortgage and cash advancing my credit card. So I'm built to carry debt. So it's never a problem for me to go raise capital and have that financial burden on me because my foundation was started from that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um It doesn't hurt me to get on the ground and get dirty because I started as a janitor. Yeah. I was down and dirty for somebody else. So my foundation is built for that. I I always had an eye for fashion and, and clothes. And I always like to be presentable and look good. So designing my houses, my foundation was built for that. I enjoy that part. I have contractors who hate the design part of it. They just like to build. Right. I went out of a limb and had no money and still tried to buy a property so that my, my approach is still the same way. I'm brokering land trans, land deals where I need three, four, five million dollars. And I don't have it at that exact moment when I deep down believe I can get it done because that's how I started with my first property. Mm-hmm. I deep down believe I could get it done and I got it done. So I, my foundation is built from that. Well, some people need to have it all lined up before they can make a move, right? So finding out your foundation and what your foundation is made out of will show you how to start. It will show you what your true blueprint is, right? Um, And that's what it's going back to saying that my handicaps and my darkness and my depression state and my doubt of myself in the beginning, now that I look at it, is now my advantage. Mm-hmm. I just had to stick the course. Um, so just this, this being true to yourself is the number one thing in business because that that will allow you to know what your strengths and weaknesses are and what you need to go out there and get to improve yourself. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much that the high school, um, journey for me leading up into my entrepreneurship. And the reason why I combined it is because it was happening at the same time. Right. Cause just coming out of, I didn't get to go to college or university. So I didn't have that extra four years of trying to get my life together. My life just happened right while I was happening in high school. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty much it right there. Jeez, man. And it's, it's, it's crazy. Like you know successful people like as yourself you know what i mean they they're in that situation because they've been put in environments where they have no other choice what do you define success though i i hate when people yeah call me successful i don't know i don't know if maybe it's a deep-rooted thing i'll, I'll answer that for yeah. you when i the way I define success is by someone who's living their purpose, okay, so someone who's discovered their purpose and they're actually living it correct that's my definition yeah, that, and that's a good definition yeah. too um and just to 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 add to that point, I'm still trying to find what my purpose is Hmm. um but I always say like real estate was that one shot I had to save my life because I lost interest in everything. But I always knew I wanted to finer things in life. Yeah. And I didn't know any other way to get it through maybe criminal activity or cutting some corners here and there, trying to do some fast moves. But I did some research and I saw that 90% of the millionaires come from real estate. And I had no interest to ever do criminal activity. I've never been arrested, never been in trouble. Even though being out on my own, on the streets at 15 years old, I managed to never be arrested, never get caught for anything. Jeez. Because I was always aware that that was never a life that I wanted. I was just forced to be in that environment because I had no supervision. And there's a shitload of kids going through that same situation like me. And we all just pretty much came together and we were just trying to survive. But they went off and some kids took it to the next level and became extreme. I didn't want to be that kid. I was a kid to go home and say, yo, how do I get out of this? This is terrible. So I used to be Googling. I don't even know if YouTube was there at the time. Maybe it was. I would just be researching, researching, watching videos, watching videos, and watching real estate seminars online. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give this thing a try. You know. And then I got into real estate, and I found some success in real estate. And that's how I started the real estate assistance program. And I felt that was my turning point to the purpose part where I said, you know what? I'm going to take this talent that I learned and taught myself and try to bless other people and help other people. And I try my best to help as many people as I can get into real estate so they can have that feeling and that outlook that I had by getting into this in, this industry. So they can almost use it as a tool to do whatever they want to do. Exactly. So real estate for me is the foundation of what my life's going to be. Not now, but 10, 15, 20 years from now, where I accumulate enough wealth and enough expendable capital where I can now venture out and maybe start a hotel chain or build a resort or build a a theme park. Anything I desire to do in life. I think real estate will be that foundation for me. Because it's an asset. Or it's just go to start a charity in Trinidad and build schools. This skill, real estate that I started here would, would catapult that. Mm-hmm. Um, so fine. I'm still finding my purpose. Um, I started off by helping, you know, at risk people, at risk. When I say at risk people, meaning I've helped a lot of people that came from environments that have no idea about real estate. I've helped classmates, schoolmates, well, same thing, classmates. I've helped coworkers. I've helped people in the community who have desires and dreams to be in real estate because they've been taught that's the first thing they should do is try to own their own home. And I was one of those people. I said, you know what? These people will never, ever know how to get into real estate because... The average person is going to tell them, well, you got to save up thirty, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 and then you got to do this and this and this. These people are just trying to survive. These people are paying the same amount of rent that it will cost to pay a mortgage. They just need a head start. So I created a real estate assistance program and I brought some homeowners together, some investors like Isaacs and Dreammakers and guys that say, okay, we're buying 30, 40, 50 condominiums at a time with investors and stuff like that. Let me create a program where I can help people who want to buy these condos to live in, get into these properties. These investors are just investing for return on the capital. So I said, you know what? Why sell these properties to individuals we don't know? Yes, we make our money. Well, let's make our money at the same time with a purpose. Yeah. So we were helping these people by assisting them with the down payment through our profits and and helping them purchase these properties from us. Um, so for, from like 2015 to 17, 18, we've helped about 40, 50, um, individuals start off and get into real estate through the program. Wow. And it was beautiful because, you know, seeing somebody who just work, working hard and they just want to own their own home, but they think it's a 10, 15 year plan. Get it done in two, three months. That 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 was better than me making any type of money for myself was knowing that, wow. Cause it's very powerful when you help somebody because if I help you get into real estate and then you one day have a family, you can now teach your family that, and then that trickles down. And then your kids are gonna be teaching their friends and boom, 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 all you know is it's a chain reaction, dominoes. Um So I always said, you know, I have a a young black child coming into this world. I want to help people in my community. So when he goes out there, he's going to find like-minded individuals like himself that look like him. Mm -hmm. Versus when I was growing up, it was all Caucasians, Asians I was buying from. Right, Nothing wrong with that. I I love everybody. I'm a lover of everybody. But I know who I am. And I want to help my people. So I always try my best to empower my community as best as I can. To give them the torch so they can pass down the torch. And so my kids w- will run into their kids and mingle in their community. And they're talking a different conversation. now. Nah, it's not just sports. It's just not entertainment. It's like, who's going to buy the first property. Who's going to, I'm on my third. Oh shit. I'm behind. That's a conversation and they're competing, but they're creating wealth. Mm-hmm. Right. Other communities, they compete with each other. Oh, you just bought that piece of land. Oh, I'm searching for my land too. And then they buy that land also, and you know, they're just building up their community, not knowing, even though they're competing with each other, it's a fun competition, mm-hmm. and everyone's blossoming and everyone's prospering and everyone's doing well, right? And I feel in our community, the, the information just doesn't get through for some reason, uh, I don't, and 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 it's because we we have the old blueprint. We're we're working off of work a job save. But while they're saving, inflation is going up. While they're saving, property prices are going up. So they're always behind. So by the time they say, okay, I got $10,000 now, that agent saying to them, well, that was five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Now you need 25000 They come back, I got $25,000. Now they're like, oh, well, now it's, you need $45,000. we are always behind. So I'm always looking for a way to fast track people. I'm always looking for a way to push people forward. Because I am, like I said, I'm always adapting. I'm always trying to stay ahead of the change or stay on top of the change, so I can position myself to be successful. So I'm always willing to help other people get on board and do and 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 reap the benefits of that as well. So I start, so the purpose for me was the real estate assistance program. That was very um, that was a very good day for me when I came up with that and executed it. Um, yeah, that was that, that was a good day for me. So I guess, um, you've, uh, you got your real estate license. Yeah. And you started, you worked with, um, Dreammaker Realty. I started off with Dreammaker. Still, G- still there, still there. Okay. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to invest in a property, mm-hmm. right? Especially in, in today's market? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they have, they have a solid, solid, uh, credit score. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit debt, mm-hmm. you know, $10,000, $15,000 in debt, yeah. but they have a few savings, maybe yeah. 10000 what advice would you give to someone who wants to invest, but they're just trying to save? They're trying to knock off their debt. Like, what advice would you give to that individual? Oh, that's a tough one because there's just so many angles. I'll just give one angle, I guess. You know, I'll, I'll give the advice for the individual who has anywhere from twenty five, thirty thousand, 30,000, um, good credit score. First of all, I always start off by try to attract as much money as you can from the bank. And what I say by that what I mean by that is, you know, through a line of credit, a loan, whatever the case may be, it's never about how much money you have, it's how much money you can attract, meaning get from the bank. Um so say for example they have fifty thousand dollar line of credit, they have minimum savings. I would say keep the savings there as a as a as an emergency fund. Um, take the line of credit, it costs you what, three, four or five percent, um, and go buy a property, um, Downtown Toronto, condo. So you, you always got to know what you're investing in too as well, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, condos are really good in the downtown core um, because that's the lifestyle. Condo lifestyle does very well down there. Yes, there's condos in Markham, Ajax, all over, but condos do very well in the Toronto, downtown core, or just outside. Or if you're investing in the suburbs, you don't want to invest in the biggest detached home. You know, you want to invest in something that could turn over quickly. Um, the average person could, could uh, afford. So that you're looking at a stacked townhouse, townhouse. Um, and then you always want to try to buy the property at a discount. Um, in real estate, you make money on the buy, not to sell. And what I mean by the buy is you got to know if you're investing 50,000 into a property, I'm trying to make 20 to 30% on my money already going into the property. Mm-hmm. Right. So at least you're protecting your investment going in. So if the market was to turn at any point, you know you created a buffer for yourself that you can get out safely, right? So you're not going to go and buy a property today for four hundred thousand that's worth four hundred thousand, because if the market turned and then now the property worth let's say three eighty, you just lost twenty thousand dollars. But if you bought a property for four hundred thousand today, but the property's really worth four thirty five, four fifty. You create yourself a thirty-five to fifty thousand, and an extra ten, fifteen thousand dollars, right? But that's just basic, just simple way of just looking at it. You always want to go into the property with enough buffer, and how you do that is you want to look for opportunities, um, a quick sale. Someone wants out; they're in a situation so distress sale, pre-construction. That helps as well, where you're buying a property three years before it's built, and you're buying it at today's market value, with a discount, with future growth, before they even release it to the public, I guess. Not, not, not even, yeah. So you want to try to get them before they release it yeah. to the public. But say they release it to the public. You're still buying that property today, but it's not finishing for another two, three years. In two, three years, the market has steady growth. You're going to get that upside potential on that property without having the financial burden of having to carry that mortgage for two, three years to to get that growth. Um, so we always try to, at Dream Realty, position our clients to always buy properties with enough buffer that when they get into it, they already made their money. And they can extract their money through a sale, or they can extract their money through a refinance. So buying a property, and people have real estate, and I've just now hacked it. I always said to myself, is buying real estate creating wealth or knowing how to use real estate is creating wealth? And I realized that just because you own a property does not mean you're creating wealth for yourself. Real estate is a huge economic driver. Look at this house that we're sitting in, for example. The stairs that I built here, that's 30000 Kitchen was 45,000. Floors, 15,000. Glass, we're looking at 25,000. Electrical work was 17,000. Plumbing, 15,000. This one house employed and kept the economy going and going. Gas, heat, hydro, windows, trim. A lot of people are getting paid from this house. Mm -hmm. And it's my finances that is doing that. It's me paying the mortgage or my tenants or whatever the case, keeping that up. But the reason why I chose to do this project because I bought it five hundred thousand, let's say, and now it's worth one point three million, and I'm selling it and I'm taking my money out. But say you bought this property at one point three million, and you're just sitting on it for the next ten years, the amount of money you put into this property. By the time you sell it and get a profit out of it, you have to now factor in how much you put into it to manage it and, and keep it up and running and keep it going. So it's, it's knowing how to use the real estate to create wealth. That's important, not just wanting to own real estate. Wanting to hold real estate is, is, is a burden that most people can't keep up with. But knowing how to go in and out of the real estate safely, extracting the the capital from it, which is the profit, and knowing how to redeploy the profits into another opportunity and run the same cycle again and get in and out safely, and then pick and choose the right properties to hold, right? Meaning you want to go after properties that really cash flow, that really serve a purpose for your life, not... You're buying a townhouse with one tenant in there and you're negative $300 a month, right? And I started off that way too. But I start to say this can't be the way to build wealth. It's costing me money. And I don't know what 10 years is going to, what 10 years is going to be for me. Um, maybe the property values don't go up in 10 years and I'm still responsible for this $300 a month. So it's knowing how to go in and out of the property, extract as much cash as out as possible that you can. And knowing how to redeploy the cash in and out, in and out. And then really sticking your cash to properties that really cash flow. But in the beginning, most people can't afford to buy really ca- good cash flowing properties because, you know, they're usually commercial buildings or plazas or, um, multifamily, which is very costly for the beginner. But then I see a lot of beginners buy one condo and then they're, they're negative cash for two, 300 bucks. But if they bought it pre-construction, they went into it. When it's finished, they sold it, took their pro- took their principal back out with profit, and then went and bought maybe two more and and multiplied it and got in and out safely with accumulated enough cash where they can now be a private lender, right? So you're lending out your cash for ten, fifteen points, you're making a cash flow off of that, and then they're buying a multifamily property where it's spitting them out five thousand, six thousand dollars a month cash flow. Um, I felt like. When I first started, I was buying one, two, three small little properties here, but they weren't really cash flowing. Um, but then we got into, we found another groove. We got to Airbnbs and realized there's an, there's an opportunity there to really cash flow our properties. So we're always looking for the hack, the hack. What is that real estate hack? How am I going to make this property really create wealth for me versus creating a financial burden or... Or a financial responsibility for me over a long period of time. Um, and that's where a lot of people get discouraged. They don't see the, the finish line because they're, they're just too caught up on the day to day. Um, so Dream Maker Realty, Isaac, Drew, BNME, Michael Yatt, all, um, all these guys, um, we sit down, and we talk all the time on the real estate hack. We're all trying to push each other to find the truth. Are we, using this property to really get ahead or are we doing society a favor by having this property? And what I mean by that is, are we paying hydro and gas and all these utility companies and all these trades people and all these, and all these people first before we pay ourselves? Cause I, what I learned in business is you got to pay yourself first because there may be nothing left over for you. Right? So you got to put yourself in a position to pay yourself first. And, um, I'm a stage in my life. I'm 31 years old. I start. I bought my first property at 21. I did my 10 years. I've done my 10,000 hours. Um, and the reason why I say that because they say... Outliers, right? Outliers. The most successful people that I either put in 10 years or 10,000 hours. And I think I'm there. And now I'm searching for the truth. And I've seen some mistakes that I've made along the way of just buying properties to buy properties. So when you're impressed that I own 10 properties, the number sounded good. But maybe I could have done better if I bought two properties, maybe an Avenue Road versus having 10 properties in Hamilton. But I did well in Hamilton. But I'm just saying it's never about the qual, the quantities about the quality of the real estate that you're buying. Um, and, 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 cause I know what people with one apartment building that they owned 20 years ago, they bought it for 500,000. And now it's worth thirty, forty, fifty million 40, 50 million dollars because they bought it in a really good pocket. That's creating wealth versus having. 10, 15, 20 homes out in Guelph that don't, that haven't went up in value as much or out in Hamilton that went up in value, but not substantially enough. And it's pleat, it's plateaued. So it's just about, and that's, that's, that's going to be my podcast and my next series. It's going to be called the real estate hacks. We're just looking for hacks, looking at properties and really hacking it, you know, to get the most out of it and not making it such a financial burden on you so you're just going through it you know so for example this house was a hack you know i bought it for 780,000 um i invested 300,000 into it so let's just say i'm all in a million dollars and i'm i'm trying to sell it for 1.2 1.3 million but i hacked it I underpinned the basement. I did an addition. I added more value to the house. I didn't leave the house as is. As is, it'll still be worth $780,000. But what I did to it to improve it, I'm creating myself $200,000, $300,000 in profit. And I'm selling it, and I'm moving on, and I'm going to hack something else. Because if I was to keep this house and rent it out, I wouldn't be cash flow. I'd be negative cash flow, Right? And I've tried that and I'm, and I've realized, oh no, I'm not cash flowing. So I got to get out of this, right? And then my end goal is to get into multiples of properties like, like what Isaac is doing, like condominium builds, townhouse builds and doing 40, 50 at a time. That's a hack as well because I'm scaling, right? And then maybe, and and then I'm building, I'm building such a large variety of properties. I'm getting, I'm going to be building at a wholesale price. So a townhouse that's going on the market for 700,000 it's costing me 400,000 to build it so i can cash flow at 400,000 versus buying it at 700,000 and trying to cash flow it right mm-hmm. so i've hacked it there um so it's all about looking for real estate hacks and real estate hacks are what's going to give you wealth right and creating those hacks and being a pioneer for those hacks is going to help the purpose in helping the community and say okay listen What's the point of buying this townhouse for seven hundred thousand when our community is building and it's costing us four hundred thousand, right? I sell it to you for five hundred, and now you just made yourself two hundred. The developer made himself a hundred. You're gonna say, "Well, the developer is selling it for me a hundred, I only make it a hundred, when I he didn't allow me to make two hundred because you're gonna make two hundred on one. I'm gonna make a hundred on fifty. So there's enough to go around for everybody, right?" Um. And then eventually you'll build yourself up where you're now contributing, contributing to the hack, right? But well, you got to see your first win and you got to see your first win safely. So I always sit down and always, and I think a lot of people don't do this. They don't ask themselves hard questions. Like what I'm doing, is it really serving the end goal or are you just doing it because you're in motion? Are you on autopilot? A lot of people put themselves on autopilot, right? You run your business. You're, you're like, okay. I'm doing whatever I'm doing for weddings, right? But do you sit down and say, how am I going to scale my business? Do I have to mass produce it and put it in Walmart? Do I cut down the quality and do I hack it and put it into um, different places in the world, right? There's always a better way to do things to make as much profit as possible, right? Or do you say this is just a hobby business? Right, so we always have to ask ourselves very, very hard questions. Like for me, someone messaged me and they said, "Why are you selling McCabe? Last year you you were thinking of keeping it." Well, like I mentioned to you, I'm always willing to adapt and pivot. And I said to myself, I asked myself a very hard question: Is this one house going to get me to the goals that I want? And I said no. So I'm just going to sell it and move on and get to that get to that arena that's going to Get me to the to my goals. So yes, I love this house. It's a beautiful house. I'm attached to this house, but this house cannot keep me back from the bigger goal. Um. So yeah, just asking yourself very hard questions and looking for those hacks in your business that could. And my good friend told me, asked me a very good question, and it stuck to me. He goes, "What's your ten year goal?" And I told him my ten year goal. He goes, "Find a way to do your ten year goal in six months." So find your way to do your 10 year goal in six months or find your, your one year goal to do it in two months, one month. And you know what? You can. I just, I feel that people put long timelines because they're insecure of tackling it today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What, Cause everything's really one, two, three, four, five phone calls away, two connections away True. for what you really want to do. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure if you want to mass produce your bow ties, you can just get a couple contacts in a, in a Chinese factory and just blow it out. And there's distributed it, package and it, distributed, it. Mm-hmm. but we're always like, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get there. Well, you can get there right now. So for me, it's like, yes, I'm here. I started at, I started off doing basic rentals. Then I started off to doing a little bit more higher end rentals. Now I'm getting into mid-level builds where I'm doing additions, top ups, um, underpinning all that stuff. And now I'm getting into, into development, but some people just stay there. They just do quick flips. Some people, just, they do what what you see right here and they don't want to move on. They found a comfort zone, but you always got to find your, 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 how, how far you can go. You know, you, you don't want to be doing the same thing. You want to push, you want to see how far you can really go. Right. Um, if Mark Zuckerberg's, just kept Facebook and universities and made it a university platform. We won't be where we are today with social media, but he had a bigger picture to roll it out to the masses. And then he, then he started to acquire Instagram and WhatsApp and all these things because and integrate these things. And he he could have just stopped right there. He was already a billionaire when he brought it to the public. Yeah. I was going to be pushing. And then I started to study successful people. I said, you get to a point where it's not about money anymore. You get to a point where it's like, what the hell can I do? Yeah. What can Aaron Charles do? You know what I mean? What can you bring to this earth? That's what I'm trying to say. Like, what can I really bring to this earth? What is going to be your legacy? You know what I mean? Um, so, So I was looking for the hack. I'm just looking for the hack. And then after you find that hack and after you keep finding those hacks, it's more like, let's see how big we can really make this thing. You know what I mean? It becomes one big fun game too, you know? And I always say to Isaac and I always say to him, no matter what happens to you in life, that condo across from Yorkdale Mall will always be there and it will always be part of the landscape of Toronto. Yeah, crazy. He could have just stopped at investing in condos. He made his money there. He did good. But he said, mm, let me add to the earth again. And, and his, and his addition was he will always be on the ramp at Yorkdale Mall. No one can take that away from him. When someone takes a picture, that building will always be in that picture. And who knows knows. And he knows that he created that. And he's not going to stop there. So that's how I always look at life. I always look at successful people and say, wow, it's not about the money anymore. You only need so much money to survive on this earth. Like, you know? you do need billions of dollars. It's not even about that. Yeah. It's what are you adding? What are you adding? The guy at Amazon. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. He could have just stopped the distribution. Now he's looking at drones dropping you stuff. He's looking at acquiring solar company it's just it's just what can you keep adding and adding and looking for hacks and bettering yourself at all times so yeah that's it for me right there powerful stuff mm. man i love the way you went through it too because you literally <laughs> answered all my questions man i don't have any more any more like specific questions okay keep shooting man keep shooting As a business owner, the more you can leverage your time, the better it is for your company. There is this amazing online resource called Fiverr, where you can hire someone for just $5 to do just about any task for you. Whether it be logo design, market research, videography, or website building, Fiverr has it all. Please go to imkobi.com forward slash resources and click on the Fiverr icon to make an account. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Welcome to the purpose round where we ask our entrepreneurs the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind their business and their entrepreneurial journey. So Aaron Charles, you said it earlier, yeah. but what is your purpose as an entrepreneur? My purpose as an entrepreneur is to, 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 to inspire everyone around me who comes in contact with me to be the best person they can possibly be for themselves mm-hmm. and, and having them think Bigger and and like I mentioned before finding those hacks in their life um, finding a faster way to get to it um, when people when people meet me and I get this all the time they always say I'm inspired I'm um, I feel stronger and braver I, can, I feel I can do it and that's the energy I like to push out on people like you can do it just take the, the chains off of you and just go get it. Hear the no's. Hear the rejections. This morning I woke up, I had I heard a no. We were working on an investor for a piece of land, and he said, he sounded all uh, interested, and he wanted to do it, and then he just said he doesn't want to do it. And I just said, okay, on to the next. Right? I can't be sad about it. To me, I look at it as, that's your loss. I'm the value. So what I always try with my quotes and... The way I deliver my message online, it's more like always put yourself in a position where you're the value. If you say no to me, you lost. I didn't lose, right? Um It's almost like a cocky attitude, but it helps me get through the day where, oh, you said no to me. Why? Why would you do that? I was trying to help you, right? And then you walk around with a smile knowing that they lost and you won because the many, every, everyone likes to win. So you gotta turn your losses into wins, right? So my advice to all entrepreneurs is just, you know, keep going at it, keep pushing. And my purpose will always be to inspire as much as I can with my work and with my message and with my um my deliverance to things. And my I like to be authentic, meaning everyone else has this picture of what a businessman is supposed to look like, what an entrepreneur is supposed to look like. And I wanna be the guy to say, if you want to wake up and be in your rope today, be in your rope today. But just make sure you get the job done, right? If I'm in a tracksuit today, I'm still going to get the job done. What I put on and what I do or what I eat or how, what I do with my social life shouldn't impact my work, all right? So people always have this thing like, I got to drive this car. Oh, I, I, I'm a realtor now. I can't drive my Honda. If you can do the work, do the work. Don't worry about what your image and all that stuff. That will come if you care about it. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. But people are always trying to put these limitations on themselves or expectations of other people. Just do what makes you happy and just make sure you get the work done. Right? And I've always learned that. Sometimes I'll I'll go up to like building owners or plaza owners and I'm thinking shit. Put on my suit, just and then they come to see me in like a shirt that wasn't even ironed. And I was like, nah, that's dope. Like, that's dope. They're just normal, right? We just overthink things. Stop overthinking and just push for it. So, yeah, that would be my advice for entrepreneurs for sure. What is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose? Ooh, dreaming. I'm a dreamer. I would sit in a room and just close my eyes and dream, and I'm always dreaming about the future of what my life is going to be. I always try to... Um, touch and feel things before I actually get it um I just get into that mode like you know if you want a Lamborghini you just close your eyes envision yourself driving it think of the steering wheel think of what the car is gonna sound like think about the smiles on people's faces and then you know and then get up and just work towards it right um and I learned that from this podcast that I listened to the MFCEO project um Andy Purcell, that's my boy and I just love that he always says, like, before I got the private jet, I used to sit down and just think about the private jet, the Lamborghini, think about the size of my business, dream. I think people forget how beautiful it is to dream. Um, and being a child, it's, it's, it's weird. I was saying this to, to somebody the other day. I'm going to get off topic a little bit, but get back right on it. As a child, we don't take in how important every lesson we learned how valuable it really was like all the children's stories they came off a little bit obviously now childish but the the lessons like the three little pigs and the houses and built one out of sticks and and then bricks and all that that's all about how you build your life too you can't build a house your life out of straws and you get blown over in sticks and whatever gotta take your time and build with bricks and be strong you know um It's just, it's just like, as a child, we always dreamed, you know. When I grow up, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a policeman. I want to be this. I want to be that. And you're dreaming, and how happy that child went through their day when they were dreaming and pretending and pretending to be a knight, pretending to be a princess, and. Yeah, all those things shape them to who they are. Obviously, they're not a knight on a horse running down the street, but maybe they built up like a warrior attitude. You know what I mean? And, and the girl who wants to be a princess, maybe she she grew up to be a model, or she she has a she has a way of her. You know, so the same thing as an entrepreneur, it's like you got to dream, you got to get happy about something, and then that happiness will will come out in another form. You know, um, so I'm always dreaming. I'm always trying to like even when I'm driving my car. I don't know how I get home because I probably dreamt the whole way. But, you know, I'm just dreaming. Like, what's my next car going to be like and what's – it's important, yeah. Um, But too many people are too caught up in what's happening today, their day-to-day. It's like you got to shut it off at a certain point and just say, 7 o'clock, whatever problem I'm having right now, it's still going to be there, so I'm done. I'm just going to sit back, relax, and just dream. You always got to take some time out of the day just to dream. Just stop everything you're doing and just dream. What is your business going to look like? Are you going to see your your bow ties and Macy's and JCPenney and uh, Walmart and and and, how, and the money just trickling in? And you know you got to just yeah. you got to think I'm about it. Be, dream right I, now. I, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. What could it be? And feel it, and then wake up and say, "Shit, that felt good. I'm going to work towards it." Let me call Macy's. Let me call. Boom. Let me call. Let me... And then you sit back. You know what I mean? But people, I do that all the time. Sometimes I already know where the money is going before I even get it. <laughs> Crazy. And when the money comes, I'm like, boom, I know what I want to do. Why? Because I've been dreaming about it. Right? People don't take enough time to... Yo, entrepreneurship is, a, is an energy, you know? Trust me. Because think about what an entrepreneur really does. He brings something into the world that... People thought it wasn't possible. And people thought it wasn't possible because they couldn't think about it. They couldn't dream about it. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. No, 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 no. Someone dreamt that. (laughs) You don't think Elon Musk is dreaming up and thinking about everything that he does. And we're just looking at him like, oh shit. Elon Musk is a a genius. No, he just took, he takes time to really get into it, man. You got to feel it. Entrepreneurship comes deep within, man. It's not, that's why a lot of people fail when they're watching somebody else. So you don't know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't watch. I don't have competitors. I don't compete with anybody. Everyone has, everyone is doing them. I, 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 I'm good with what I'm doing. You know, everyone has different cir- circumstances. You got my day to day thing is dreaming. And then the other thing I do is I write, write it down. You know, I have, I always rock around in a little notebook and I always write out my day and I always write out. Just things I'm grateful for, things I'm happy for, things I can improve. So dreaming and writing everything out is very important for me and reflecting on those things. I do that every single day. I have the most notebooks. I started that in like 2009 all the way to 2018. Every day you can go to my, I have notebooks from, from, um, staples. Just always writing, always, even if it's nothing, just always writing, you know? Um, yeah. So taking that time is very important. Okay. If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why? Ah, man, that's a good one. You know what it is? It's, it's, I'm its a weird guy, meaning I don't really admire a lot of people, (laughs) as bad as, as it sounds, because we're all human, and we all make mistakes, and I don't like to... Admire people. Cause I feel when I'm, once I'm admiring somebody, I'm putting them higher than me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I don't like when people tell me that they admire me as well, because it sounds like you're submitting to me. And when I say admire somebody, it feels like I'm submitting to them, feeling that I put them somewhere higher than me. Um, I respect a lot of people. And I use the word respect a lot um, because I respect people that go after what they want. I respect people that defy the odds. Um, I respect people that live their best life. Um, So even if there's someone, I mean, examples of of, of that, people that... I just... The best person I like to talk to that I continue to talk to is myself. Mm -hmm. I think... I always want to keep having conversations with myself. I think those are the best conversations. I think a lot of people in this world know a lot about everybody else except themselves. That's, that's, that's a big fact, man, for sure. Right. Um, so to, so to answer your question, I would love to keep talking to myself and keep myself living. Right. I feel a lot of people aren't living. They just exist. Um, But they think they're living. But when they look back ten years, fifteen years from now, they're in a routine. I'm always talking to myself. Like I wake up in the morning and say, Aaron, what are we doing today? Aaron's a person. You know? What are we doing today? What are we trying to accomplish? How do you feel today? Who who's bothering you? Do you need to go talk to that person? Right? And these are new traits that I've started to pick up. Because I used to bottle it in and get angry and miserable. Now I just tell the truth. Like, you know what? You offended me yesterday and I didn't really appreciate that. Still love you, but just be careful. Like, you know, but I had that conversation with myself to let's get it out. Let's get it out because I want to stay happy. I want to stay in the dreamy place that I like to be in. I like to dream. Um, Yes, Oprah Winfrey, she's inspiring. But do I really care to meet Oprah and talk to Oprah? Yeah, yeah, I do. But it'll just be a high and... I like what you're doing. That's it. Nothing really deep, you know? Um, and, it, and and at the end of the day, it's like, what am I really admiring Oprah for? I don't really know Oprah Winfrey, the person. I don't know her struggles and her demons. I'm just admiring her off of the wealth she's accumulated. And to me, money isn't... I don't care to talk to people about money. Um, I don't feel money... Def- Defines the man himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I feel that's too superficial. It's too, it's, that's a short conversation. You know? Like, I go on vacations all the time and I see celebrities. I don't even approach them. I don't care. You know? I just want to just always be in tune with myself. I, I got my, and that came from my dad. Like, just always focus on you. And I feel, and, and, and I know it sounds a little crazy, but I'm gonna, bring some history into that I used to focus on what other people were doing and I lost myself I didn't know who I was and the minute I stopped focusing on what other people were doing and I really got in tune with who I am I started to be the best person I could be for myself and I've always just kept it like that um, there's a, we had a lot we had, we had a lot of great leaders come like Malcolm X um, Martin Luther King um obama i love hearing obama speak um there's just an energy mm-hmm. um i like for for Khan. is that yeah. louis for Louis Farrakhan. he says some really he his 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 way of thinking is kind of like my way of thinking mm-hmm. um i really like listening to him speak um andy Andy Frisella. Andy Frisella, yeah. I like the way he speaks. Straight to the point. A lot of people can't handle it, man. <laughs> Straight to the point. Yeah, cause he talk He he's an example of somebody that talks to himself. Mm-hmm. He gets into the guts and and tells you how it is. He doesn't sugarcoat it. You know what I mean? Um. Who else do I like to hear speak? I like to hear Will Smith speak. He has a lot of Okay, messages. Um, Gary V, not so much. I think Gary V just c- could say, says what he could say because of where he is. Um, because when I listen to Gary V speak, I don't think he goes deep enough. I think he goes one level deeper than the average society person, but I don't think he's been through enough to go real, real, real deep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think he throws a curse words in there just to be badass. <laughs> um. So it's, yeah, like it's, 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 yeah. I'm very careful of uh, man is man. You got to understand. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. And a man, and when I say man, I just mean the existence of humans will tell you, Whatever they feel sounds good, but behind closed doors is something else. So I I can only be inspired by somebody that I really know the truth about. That's why when people commit suicide, people are surprised because you didn't know the demons that they had. Absolutely, yeah. you just thought they were good because they had money. Money, mm. money is nothing. Money doesn't hug you. Money doesn't satisfy you. Nothing. Money just it's a it's a tool. It's a tool that you use and that you spend. But money has no emotion, right? Um, so I can only admire somebody that I really know the truth about. And the people that I hang around with on a day to day basis, I know the truth about, like Isaac. And I think Isaac is a genuine guy. record out his way for you. Ambitious, hardworking. He's not spoon fed. Every, it's all processed and all mapped out and timed. And that's somebody that I, find the truth in. And I use their truth as an example to my truth. Jude, these are the guys I talk to every day. I work with genuine, nice, hardworking Jude. I married Jude because he stays in his lane. Right. Yeah. And I said that to him the other day. I said, I'm a little bit all over the place, but you do what you do good. And you, and you just do that. Be to me, he's the younger one out of all of us. And He's, he's hardworking. He gets up and he just gets to it, you know, and he's learning. Um, Michael Yatt, you haven't interviewed him. He's new to our team, but he's a genuinely nice person, carrying his way for you. I've really, I tell him all the time, like, I really appreciate a friend, you know? And, and I think that's what's made my life very happy. People that I can find the truth in and that I really know. Those are the people that I admire. I can't talk about Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. I don't know their truths. I know them for what their profession is and their earnings, but that's not good enough for me. Yeah. I, I need to know the character inside out, right? And you can only do that with the people that you're close to. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I, I know I didn't really answer it though. Right? You did though, but yeah. it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right? I, I think, I think, I think life is, Life is very short, but it's long at the same time. And I feel like going through what I've gone through in life, I saw the dark side, I saw the high side, I saw the dark side again. And when I say dark side, I just mean like adversities. Um, It has me thinking different. It has me thinking you always got to cut it down and get to the real truth of what you're doing. And you got to ask yourself, why are you doing bow ties? What made you do that? And you know why you did that. You can tell me why you did it, but you know why you did it. I got into real estate because real estate, I knew was something that was going to save my life. I knew I was exposed to an environment that would one day suck me in. I couldn't just be around it and not get sucked in. right? It's like standing at the edge of the cliff and you're there for five, six hours and you think, oh, I'm good. I'm never going to fall over. And then one gust of wind just comes and hits you over. That you weren't prepared for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Same thing. I'm in that environment. I'm good. I'm not getting in trouble. But I'm seeing it. The violence is there. What happens if a guy goes and commits a crime I didn't even know? And I'm there sitting with him. Now I'm guilty of association. And then I get arrested. They don't have time to know if I was there or not. Or we'll have to prove that I wasn't involved. But all that could have been a situation. So real estate quickly got me out of that and got me into showing me that another way. And I... Never disrespected it. I always took it as this is saving my life. So it's, this is beyond money for me. The money just comes with the hard work and the results. But this is just, damn, every day I have something to wake up and do. You know what I mean? When I wake up on my bed, I know I have something to do. I got to go shop for this, the, the floor colors, the paints, the floors, the kitchens. I have things to do. And that's what's important to me because there's a t- point in my, t- there's a time in my life I'll sleep all day. Or I watch, um, The Wire all day. (laughs) Or I watch Breaking Bad all day. I had nothing to do. I had no purpose. But now I've given myself something to work towards and I've given myself a purpose. Um, so that's what I mostly appreciate about what I do for a living is I get to showcase my talents and put my energy and my feeling to these things. And, you know, even if I sell this house and I make, I don't make what I thought I'll make on it. It's okay. I still got my talent all in the world. So even the houses that I I built five, six, seven years ago, I still drive by them and I sit outside and I watch the family eating dinner. And I'm just like, they're enjoying what I created. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes I go back and find my reason why I do what I do. I see, the, sometimes I drive by, I see the kids playing in the backyard I created that I thought of and all that stuff. So it's always beyond money for me. He's like, you just want to be like one day you're at the Grammy, you're watching the Grammys. And you're like, Oh shit, ma, yo, that's the bow tie I created. Damn. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. That feeling is better than the money coming in the bank. You're just like, damn, someone liked what I created and someone rocked it. Oh, wicked. You know what I mean? True. So that's, that's kind of like where I'm at with that. So makes sense, man. Yeah. That it's it's interesting you bring up that feeling because I created a bow tie for Spike Lee, Oh okay. and he wore it to one of his Knicks games, and I had the exact same feeling. You yeah, I mean? did so you, did you you get you sent it to Spike Lee? Like he came to Toronto, mm-hmm. I met him, and then he loved my bow tie, so he's ordered a bunch from me. That's then, sick. But I had the same feeling you're describing. Did you, you have a picture and everything? Yeah, send yeah, it yeah. to me. Yeah, 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 that's sick. Yeah, yeah. You, see, you see what I'm saying though? Yeah, it was just that somebody else appreciated your work, and you know what you put into it. You know what I mean? So it's just like, everybody always wants to come to me and say, oh, teach me how to make money. And all that's like, no. I want to teach you how to be inspired, you know? Because the money comes after that. The money comes after that. And 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 you're not always thinking about the money. And when it comes, it comes, you know? I've been doing this for 11 years. And for seven, eight, nine years, I wasn't making any money to really be talking about, you know? And I'm still having made the money that I've dreamed and desired of, you know? But along the way, I make enough to live and be comfortable. I'm, I'm not racing life right now. I'm, I'm good. I'm in a good little space right now. I'm, I'm, I'm being patient, you know, I'm learning my craft. And after a while, I'm just going to get it and it's just going to start rolling. That's why I say life is short, but it's long at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It still needs time to, to go in the oven and bake. The idea needs to, you know, or, or it's like you're mixing, uh, ingredients. You read, like, you know how it is when you're trying to bake a cake for the first time and you put the ingredients together and you're like, ah, shit. I don't know if that batch is going to come out good. And you got to do it again. And then after 10, 15, 20 times, you may perfect it. You may perfect it, but everyone feels like just because they touched it and just because they started it, it has to work. Mm-mm. That's not the reality. It's patience, man. I've been doing this even at this stage in my life. I still feel like, ah, I don't know if I got it a hundred percent right. You know, maybe I could have done better on the budgeting. Maybe I could have done better on the purchase. Maybe I could have done better on the timeline We're was, we all was getting better. Right. Um, so yeah, we just got to give it time. man. hundred percent. If you could leverage a business with only a hundred dollars, how would you do that? What do you mean leverage? A business? So if you could, so if you could, if you had to build a business mm-hmm. with only a hundred dollars, sorry, how would you leverage that? I would try to go to the bank and and get a loan against a (laughs) hundred (laughs) dollars right away. Just right away, yeah, yeah, right away. Just like ask them for a thousand, if if anything, yeah, and use a hundred as security or something. But yeah, that was a a trick question. Yeah, definitely (laughs) go to the bank and leverage it for sure. Okay, which app or online tool do you use every day to help contribute to your success? To be honest with you, I'm not really a big technology app guy. I'm a pen and paper guy. I try to stay away from apps and all that stuff because they just become kind of like distractions to me. Um, you know, one app leads to another app. Your phone's open. Millions They're, of apps. Right? Then, it, then a text message comes in and you're consumed with that. So I like to just flip my phone upside down and then get into my notebook and just put my, um, my thoughts on paper. I'm still that kind of guy. I'm from the 80s, man. I'm born in 86. So, you know, maybe you 90s kids could you uh, I'm just on the cusp. I'm, I'm 89. I'm 89. So I'm you're, just 90, the- you're 90. You're <laughs> 90. <laughs> my brother's 89, and he acts like 90. So, and anyone I know in 89 acts like 90. <laughs> okay. What's the best advice you've ever received? Just stay focused on my goals and and, and keep my head down and uh, really really know yourself and do what's best for Aaron Charles. Um, you know, there's a point in time I always used to be want to be like everybody else and want to do what everyone else is doing. And before you know, you're just spinning your wheels and you get exhausted. Um, so yeah, definitely just being myself and you know what? Being yourself comes with a lot of pushback as well, but the key to being yourself is finding people that accept you for who you are and mm-hmm. then you can be yourself. You mm-hmm. can't just, you can't be yourself in an environment that doesn't accept you for being yourself. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm around guys like... Me and Isaac are two different people. Me and Jude are two different people. All the guys at Dreammaker we're all two different people. But the reason why I love being around Dreammaker Realty... Is the fact that... They've taken time to accept me and allow me to be myself. They don't judge me. They don't... They don't... Say anything negative. You know? They just... They allow me to do me and understand who I am. So... You can only be who you are when you pick the right environments to be who you are, who you want to be, sir. Yeah, 100 percent. What are your top three favorite books? Uh, Man, you know, so funny about me when it comes to reading books, it's like I don't know if I actually ever finished them (laughs) because I'm not a theory guy. I'm a practical learner. I got to just get out there and get do it, it done. Yeah. You know, and I feel like a lot of the books, they're saying the same thing, just in a different way. Um, I've heard that a lot from a lot of the other G maker guys. Like yeah. they, they'll read articles for tons for days. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, I always, I said this to Jude too. Like, you know, you can read a book, but if you're not doing what's in the book, yeah. then it's pointless. Yeah, exactly. You so, just, you just read. I, I find a lot of people just read to just, um. there's some people that read, Just to say they read the book to be popular. Like, yeah, I read that. I read that hundred. I read hundreds of books and all that stuff. Reading is very important, but it's what are you reading? What are you absorbing? Does that book really add to your fundamentals of who you are? Going back to that. Um, you know what? I've read a lot of business books because, you know, I, I, I'm not, I wasn't, I didn't grow up on TV. So TV is not my go-to. I don't go home and go tv it's not a, that's not a learned behavior for me or, or taught behavior to me um like the books i really 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 enjoyed reading were like christopher pike books um goosebumps Animal, animals <laughs> 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 um harry potter like books that got me dreaming into the characters you know mm. um like, I read, I read a book one time, like Tuck Everlasting. I remember reading that book. Mm. That was a dope book. Um, those are like, like stu- f- what are they called? Fiction? Or not? Fi- fiction. Not, fiction, not. Fiction, fiction, fiction books. Yeah. yeah, fiction books. But the books you're looking forward to hear me saying is like, I, I, I liked, um, Think and Grow Rich. I liked, um, 48 Laws of Power, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, well like I said, like, i rather a nice horror book or a nice story of, like, someone traveling through, you know, like, a boxcar, running into issues. And, you know, like, I like those type of stories. It you know? makes sense that you say that, yeah. though, because you said you're a dreamer at your core. I'm a dreamer at my core. So that makes sense. Yeah, I'm a dreamer, man. Like, when I read, like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and those books and Think and Grow Rich, it's almost like lectures to me. You know, and my it's like oh, enough, but I just like books where it's like, like I remember when I w- read um, what's that mockingbird book called again? Oh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, when I read that book, I was like, shit. Like I mean, I got lost in the story, and where I can't, I can't wait to run back and read the book. Like, like what's this character gonna do? Like, dope shit like that, you know? Um, and like I said, like that's who I am, I'm, cause I'm a practical learner. Real estate to me, I can learn it practically, hands on, touch and feel. Call, call a couple people in the business and know and get quick information. But I don't want to read it like a textbook. Yeah, for sure, it's boring. Mm-hmm. Practical to me is a fun side. Reading is like I want a story, like a king story. Like even when I watch Netflix and stuff, I watch all those like medieval type of shows and stuff like that or movies and stuff like that cuz i i always want to be taken back you know i like to be taken back and just read or watch something that is totally opposite of the world that i'm in right now and just just have fun being somewhere else um so yeah that's kind of it for me okay tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on it's never what you think it's going to be You always gotta be on your toes, ready to pivot, ready to make a move, ready to adjust, Um, and always and always being able to see opportunities for what they are, and don't force them. Um, I think people. That's why I've never written a business plan before because I feel a business plan keeps you too structured and stagnant. Where it's like your business plan may have been good for three months, like for example. The real estate guys, we had a hot market. We're all doing our thing in the hot market. Market, market cools off. Then you see a lot of agents fall off and all that stuff because they didn't have the fundamentals. They're just running with the wave. You know, they had a business plan. They want to sell X amount of houses, all that stuff, and then they never built their business to pivot. So, Dreammaker, we never lost our focus on who we were. And what our mission was. And our mission was always to service investors. High or low market, we can still service investors, right? Um, Anyone can sell a product that's in high demand right now. But can you sell a product that has cooled down? You have to now go seek out the individual that still sees value in that product. And you have to still be able to position it to be a valuable product for that client. And that's what we are very skilled at doing, finding opportunities where most people aren't looking, finding opportunities where where most people don't know how to create the opportunity. Um, so business is all about being able to pivot, being able to adapt, and being able to survive in any condition. Um, I think too many people, like, there's a point in time, every other person you spoke to was trying to build an app. Well, there's so many apps now, all those people are worried. Um, there's a point in time, everyone was jumping into marijuana stocks. Well, marijuana is becoming legal now, so... Right? So, those people are killed very quickly. But, if your business has a higher purpose than money, and a quick gold rush, you will always survive. <laughs> right? So... Yes, you can go, yes, I could have focused on being the top agent and stick my sign all over the place. I have the popularity to do that. But I also said, you know what? But I'm then I'm taking away from the core business of learning how to invest this way. Creating a product this way. Um You know, so I always skip one on the quick money to stay with the consistent money. Right? Um Everyone wants to run, run, run. You're never going to, you're never gonna get Okay. Everybody, everyone's chasing to be rich. I'm chasing to be wealthy and wealthy and rich are two different things. Rich is today. Wealthy is forever, meaning how many days I don't have to work for money for the rest of my life. Like I'm trying to go generation to generation to generation and that's very slow and calculated. Rich is like, I put my money here, like Bitcoin and all that stuff. Like there's a, there's a point in time where everyone was overnight millionaire and then. All the late runners into it got burnt. <laughs> you know what I mean? And everyone was calling me and trying to force me into those things. And and those same people now aren't even talking about it. <laughs> they lost twenty, thirty thousand dollars, forty thousand, fifty thousand because they didn't do enough research. They didn't do enough homework. They didn't understand it enough. Yes, there's people making money in Bitcoin and stuff like that. But those are the people that are like passionate like me in the business. That high and low, they stick with it. Like for me, there's people that make and lose money in real estate every single day. I've made and lost money in real estate every day. But I love it so much. It's like a bad relationship. <laughs> I'm coming back all the time. I'm, I'm knocking on your door. Like, I love you so much. Let's make this work. Um But there's some people that feel their first loss in real estate and say, oh, it doesn't work. It's just sometimes you just miss one step or two steps or three steps. And then you get back into it to to be better. Um So like I'd say, like to go back to the question is, most business is not what people think it is. It's, it's, it's it's a, it's a game that always needs tweaking, right? It's like a, it's a fine car that when taken care of properly, it will take care of you, but things do break. Things do happen. And you must be able to repair those things very quickly. Else you can come down very fast. Okay. Is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners? Um, I just like to say like, you know, the individual listening to, to the podcast and to the series, they have to understand that, um, we're individuals that, um, came from really no direction, you know, um, I'm from the, from the black community and growing up, we didn't have a lot of good examples. Um, and I want to say we had bad examples, you know, our parents, we had to cut them some slack, you know, like. If we think we didn't, we don't have information, knowledge. Now imagine back then, right? Mm-hmm. And then they had to pick up and immigrate and bring us over here, right? Did your parents immigrate here as well? Yeah, yeah. Where are you Ghana. from? That's your Ghana. exactly. Yeah. And all they taught us to do was just to survive in this cold world, you know. And it's for us to stop making excuses and using those things as, as a way to not doing anything. We all have the same opportunities. We live in Canada, beautiful country. But we have to learn to make sacrifices. And I made, my whole life was a sacrifice. Like right? From age 12. And I was saying this to um, my friends the other day. I'm like, yes, you guys see me wearing designer clothes now. Yes, you guys see me going out and enjoying myself now. But you guys were doing the same thing. You just did it earlier in your life. And I'm doing it later in my life. They hustled backwards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Caravana weekends. My friends would be going out. I'd be cleaning Eglinton West Station. Um, picking up the garbage. And they'll be honking me driving by. You should be coming. I'm like, no, it's okay. I grinded and worked hard in my 20s. From 20 to 27, 28. 29. I worked very, very, very hard. I worked nights at TTC during the day. I ran my real estate business, and I was raising a child, picking up from daycare, taking him to sports. My son was playing lacrosse, soccer, basketball, baseball, every sport he's been in, swimming, everything. And I never partied. I just worked, saved my money by real estate, saved my money by real estate, saved my money, sell houses, get my real estate license. Buy, sell, flip houses. I was doing all that in my 20s. And then I got to my 29. And I said, okay, let me just start enjoying myself a little bit. You know, I, my son's now 10. At that time, he's 9, 10, 11. He's grown up. He can take care of himself now. You know, everyone's everyone's on a, we all know who we are now. We have our identity. Um, and now I'm starting to enjoy my life. And I know I travel. Before, I never used to travel. In my early 20s, I never used to travel. I never had family vacations. I never did a vacation until I was like 28, 28, 29 years old. People say to me, oh, you travel all the time now. I was like, whoa. No, I don't. I just started. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I know? just started chilling. Chill. I see 23-year-olds, 22-year-olds, 20-year-olds going on vacations to Cuba, Mexico. I didn't know anything about that. I think the first resort I've ever went to was Vietnamese wedding. We went away for whatever. You know, so people are always judging on what they see now, not knowing how much years you sacrificed before you even got to this one thing here. Um, but I'm doing it in a stage in my life where I can afford to do it and my business is still running when I'm doing it. I was in Miami when they're finishing up this house, but I've got my business to a stage where I can do that. And I didn't go to Miami because I'm ignorant or anything. I went to Miami to relax, get inspired, come back and get ready for the sale. Right. Cause the whole time your head's down in this, you need to step away just to get an, another perspective on things. Um, so yeah, so the message to, um, to the listeners and to go back to your question that you asked me, like the best advice I got, this is the best advice I got actually was do the things you need to do today. So you don't have to do it tomorrow. Right. And I always say to my friends, I say, listen, you guys can hang out. And this is for the listeners too. You guys can go to every party. You guys could buy all the designer stuff you want right now. But at some point in time, if you don't build that house properly, life will come and slap you in your face. And if your foundation is not strong enough, you're going to crumble. Now you're, you're, you're 35, 40 years old scrambling to catch up for the years that you're just partied away. Um, I bought my first house when I was 21 years old. By age 25, I had 10 properties. I've been through 80 to a hundred properties by the age of 29. I've built, renovated 20 plus properties by the age of 30, 31. I've, have a foundation that i can stand on anywhere i go in the world i can move to miami today and start and do this i can move to trinidad tomorrow and do this um because i put in the hours i put in the time i put in the years and i've always taught i've always put my mind to that to that thinking of let me do what i need to do today so i don't have to pay for tomorrow because i looked at people in my community that i used to look up to and they used to drive the lexus gs's and the navigators and the Escalades and it's like, that they're doing it. But now they're the same people. Like they're begging you for $5 on the street or you see them and they're not doing all too well, you know, because they went the other, they went backwards. Like you said, um, sacrifice what you need to sacrifice today. You know, partying will feel good in your forties and fifties as well when you're financially fit and financially free versus you're trying to party up in your young days when you can't even afford it. When the the disposable income you need, that you have right now, could be used to be buying properties and all that stuff. Because think about it. How are you going to now focus when you have two kids, three kids, a wife, and now you're trying to... can't. Too many mouths to feed coming out. You don't have disposable income anymore. And I, I didn't waste my disposable income. Even though I had one child, I never made my child expensive. I never... He didn't have to have Jordans. He didn't have to have the best of everything. He all children need is just your love and that's it and I caught that early because I at the beginning I used to buy him. Jordan like this kid doesn't even care about Jordan he's drooling yeah. all over the Jordan he, <laughs> he, I look at it baby food stains are all over the Jordan I'm like yo screw this he just wants to be happy and I I took all my savings and all my money just pumped it into my business into real estate into real estate into real estate Um and I sacrificed all those early years to be where I am today and I'm even sacrificing now too to get to the next level right So it's always about sacrifice and people have to really not use that word lightly. Sacrifice is very important. There's a lot of things I want to do and a lot of things you and I want to do, but we know there's a limit to what you want to do. You know, you can have to enjoy everything in moderation. I I don't go to clubs. I I go to little lounges and little restaurants. I I may spend 20, 30 bucks on a a wine or whatever. I, I still go to like Joey's and all that. I don't, go to fancy Yorkville restaurants, I could afford to, but I don't do those things. I don't overindulge, you know, chicken at Joey's tastes the same as chicken at Kazamoto, but it's <laughs> 10 times the price, right? I'll I'll save that for my later years when I can really absorb those expenses. I don't want to be there to snap it for the gram to appear <laughs> cool. I never care to appear cool, you know, um, I don't, and I, 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 I touch it. So they always say it's good to touch your dreams and goals ever so often. So ever so often I may go to New Yorkville and have a, a little plate of food that costs $200 and I say, oh shit. But you just want to touch that lifestyle just to know it's reachable. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. So you don't have to go buy the Lamborghini, but you may rent it for a day just to say, oh, it's reachable. It's, it's a reachable goal, but you don't have to go all in you the, you will know when it's time to go all in right when you, because the work will always show the truth um so yeah i was always trained it's good to touch the goal once in a while so it's good to go away once in a while and and touch it and know that this is this could be your possibility but you can't jump it you can't jump the gun you know what i mean um everyone wants to race win the race and i learned this from track and field but if you jump the gun they're going to call you back mm mm-hmm. mhm Right, so you gotta go with the flow. You gotta go with the flow of your business and knowing where you are at that certain at that certain stage. I knew where I was ten years ago, and I know where I am today. And I do everything within moderation, right? Um, so yeah, just just to just to recap to the investors to to our listeners, it's it's all about sacrifice. Like my whole life has been a sacrifice, (laughs) and. Sacrifice in the beginning it's a little bit painful. Um Sacrifice in the end will be your greatest asset. Because you blocked out the noise and you just got to the work. And and and, and, and sacrifice doesn't become sacrifice anymore, it becomes discipline. Mm-hmm. And um once you have that formula, unbreakable. And and that's that's just why I want to leave them at that and just yeah just learn to sacrifice man can't do it all can't just can't do it all you just have to really know who you are and and, and stay true to who you are and don't be afraid to say no I say no all the time <laughs> Aaron that's good no can't do it can't afford it I tell people straight up hey can't afford it but they look at you like you can afford anything no I can't afford it it, it doesn't work for me right um and once you And that's that's being true to yourself as well, because everyone wants to keep up with the Joneses. I say straight Mm -hmm. up, I can't afford it. No, guys, I'm not staying in this hotel. I can't afford it, because I know where my money needs to be, not in the Mm (laughs) shangrila. You know, I'll stay at the Hilton. I don't care. Who's you guys are judging me? You don't want to be my friend? Fine. You know. And once you once you develop that attitude, then the sky is the limit, man. And, and and it's a beautiful feeling when you have control of everything that you do. Uh um, powerful. Yeah. So how can the purposeful story family reach out to you and follow you on your purposeful journey? Oh, okay. Right now I'm revamping my website. Um but right now you can find me on the on Instagram. I am T H E underscore investor. So that's the investor on Instagram. And then I'll be I give like videos updates on um all my projects and then all my announcements will be there as well i like to keep my stuff to just one platform i don't want people jumping all over the place to find me um but instagram is my favorite um platform right now okay aaron appreciate you coming on the show appreciate it man thanks for having me no worries no worries no worries Thank thank you purposeful story family for listening to the purposeful story podcast and remember live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear talk soon that's all for this episode I hope listening to this podcast left you with valuable information that either strengthened your purpose or helped bring you closer to finding your purpose we all have a different journey in life and this podcast is in support of everyone's purposeful journey Thank you so much for tuning in because without you there is no purposeful story podcast please feel free to email me at info at and let me know what you thought of this episode to help spread the valuable information this podcast has to offer, all I ask is for you to subscribe to the podcast via the Apple Podcast app, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music, or Castbox. Give a rating and pass this podcast on to one friend that you feel could benefit from this information. Don't forget to follow I Am Kobe Talks on Instagram for updates on new episodes and go to iamkobe.com forward slash Purposeful Story for more valuable content. Special thanks to DJ Anna for the beats and Lala Writes for the editing. Before you go, please remember that purpose drives your actions and your actions are a result of your purpose. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.